just when you thought the Sharks had figured out winning in regulation in Vegas again. Oh, lordy. Well, the luck of the Irish and no lady luck in Vegas for the Sharks. This one's a rough one to take. We'll try to break it down right now on Teal Town After Dark. Good evening, everyone. It is St. Patrick's Day. Hi, Patty. <laughs> March 17th, 2021, the San Jose Sharks looked like they had figured out the Vegas Golden Knights, but then the Knights showed how good they are with a third-period comeback. We'll break it all down for you right now on Teal Town After Dark. This is your live interactive Sharks postgame. We do this after every game. So teal together and interact with us and chat with us and fellow Sharks fans on the page or the app. Of course, follow us on the social, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Hit that SoundCloud button for the audio. And, of course, the Reddit. And, of course, follow us on the on the Discord after the After Dark. And find everything at tealtownusa.com. Hi, everyone. I am Eric Kura. You can find me at PuckGuy14. I am joined by Mark Eisenberg. Bud? Oh, lordy. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> you, you know, this is this is one of those games where you love to have the rivalry. You, 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 you saw that, you know, want some pounds, some flesh out of Curtis Gabriel and everything. But my goodness, you know... Um, you know, they were coming in early on to be very physical, and I thought they, especially one hit that Redeem Shimmick hit on Ryan Reeves, I thought that was borderline close to getting a penalty call. Some of the calls, uh, I, I'm not really going to even say officiating because I don't think officiating was the issue here tonight, but I thought the Sharks really towed the line a little bit, especially early on uh, in that first yeah, uh, it was basically two different games, and the Sharks just did their this thing they do where they find a way to lose. You know, they're playing a good game, playing a really good game, especially in that second period. They look like they're in control, and then I don't know what happened. They just fall apart. It's just this year's version of the Sharks. Yeah, and it's it's one of those moments, and and unfortunately, if you've been a longtime Sharks fan. Um, <laughs> you've, you've gone through this story quite, quite often, unfortunately, uh, you know, and, uh, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, you make you feel about when you did look and beat Vegas, you know, uh, and Chris, you're making my point right here. You know, when they look up the Sharks record, when they engage in extracurriculars and when they don't, you know, uh, when they get into that rough stuff, you get off their game. You need to get your scoring on early. Uh, and unfortunately, it just wasn't happening. You know, he had Handemark take that high sticking penalty on Ryan Reeves. I don't even think Handemark had his stick with him. He just hit him high. And, um, you yeah, know, that was and then you have like silly penalties like 
hooking. That means you're not moving your feet. You see Kevin LeBanc with a puck over glass penalty. You know, uh, it's uh, it's tough to take. And, and, of course, with power plays, you need to take advantage of them. And the problem is, is that when you don't, it really hurts. And when you do, it hurts the other team. Shea Theodore with his fifth to make it one nothing. That was the only goal in the first period. I mean, um, and it looks like, you know, freaking uh, Devin Dubnik's having a little bit of, uh, if there's one thing that Devin Dubnik uh, ha- had an issue with in, this, in these two series, in this two-game series, excuse me, uh, was the one-timer, you know, cross cross ice to get over for the one-timer. Uh, and he seemed visibly upset tonight, which I, I haven't seen from him too much this season, except for maybe the 7-6 seven, the seven, game against St. Louis. Yeah, he smashed the water bottle a few times after uh, the goals. But, I mean, that first goal, it's a fantastic shot, but at the same time, from that distance, you kind of hope your goalie's going to get it. Um but yeah, that was absolute top corner blast. But Doobie kind of recovered a bit after that goal. Yeah, and he looked like he he was calming things down. And I think it and granted with Kanishov taking the late penalty, I thought that whole penalty kill kind of just reduced everybody's worry. They got out of that and they gained some confidence out of that into the second period. And then you see three goals you get long beach native matt oh, excuse me long beach native that's that's <laughs> you got that from nieto uh his fifth to tie it up at one then mario ferraro with a well the guys called it wrap around uh you know for his first of the season just a minute and a half later yeah umass boy yeah <laughs> <laughs> Kevin LeBanc would give them the give them the three one lead, you know, later in the in the second. But what did you take from that second period? Because yes, they scored three goals. Uh, what was the difference between the first and the second, though? Um, that kind of changed things up. I thought they had bounces going their way. I thought they were really battling. Um, which with this Sharks team, it's usually pretty obvious when they're battling. You can see them play playing hard just grinding it out in the corners or just making smart passes and like playing with speed, not necessarily being fast, but playing with speed, making smart passes and things all came together in that second period. And you saw guys just looking like a unit, you know, looking like a team. And then um, me personally, I wasn't necessarily confident that I was going to carry over (laughs) to the third period, but I felt good about the game the Sharks were having through 40 minutes. Right. Yeah, and it just seemed like, you know, 3-1 lead. They finally saw Flurry. I mean, Flurry yeah. had had their number all season long, uh, which, you know, I thought, okay, you got to him. Just keep getting at him. You'll be fine. You'll get through this if you can just keep going for 20 minutes. And here's the problem, and this has happened with, with PDB teams. This happened with Todd McClellan teams. This has happened from, you know, all the way to freaking George Kingston in 1991. The team... The sharks sit on a sit on, uh, on a, a three-one lead. Don't put the pedal to the metal, and then all heck breaks loose. 
you know. Uh, and Mogam Bomaru, I'm sorry if I get that name wrong, but here's one saying, one person saying, as a diehard Sharks fan, it seems Vegas has this special chemistry that no other team has. I mean, Stevenson in the first line is not any, is not a thing any other NHL club can do. Uh, you know, and it's. You know, you, you you sense everything was going on. You started to see the 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 shenanigans going on in with it, and all of a sudden, the team got distracted. You have Hurdle who drops the gloves. You have Couture who drops the gloves. And yes, you have those two guys going up against Mark Stone and uh, Jonathan Marcheseau. You know. Well I mean, you take you take four good goal scorers out of it, and it's kind of it became like a test of which depth is better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I might be a little bit different on this than some people. It seems to be a lot of people who are opposed to our players fighting and getting in with some of the tough stuff. I personally am not against it. I don't like the staged fighting, but I like when our players use their emotions and defend one another, which I think we saw a little bit of tonight, especially when someone's fighting Marcia. So I'll always support that because I absolutely hate that guy. <laughs> but with what we saw in the third period, at least when we were taking our good players off the ice, we were trading for their good players. None of this like Kane getting taken off versus Reeves stuff, um, even though who knows, maybe that would have helped because Reeves ended up scoring a goal. Yeah. And... And so you see everything just started to go, you know, you have hella dudes on the frozen pond copyright, Shalane Coleman, Shalane, hope you're doing all right. Yeah. And, and then all of a sudden, boom, Cody glass power play goal. Not that not too long into it makes it three to two that builds up the momentum. And then next thing you know, there's a fight between hurdle. Congratulations on your first fight in the NHL. I, I believe uh, finding Mark Stone, uh, you know, right after that to get the pe- to get the guys going, and you know, nothing happens. Then midway through the midway through the period, uh, freaking Nicholas Haig gets his third of the season to tie it up at three three, and then you have another scrap with Couture and and. Marsh is so, and it seems like the fights that the guys got into tonight, the sharks that got into there, you know, um, it makes it makes you wonder, uh, you know, who, what, what does the fighting do for for the sharks? Doesn't really do much for the fighting for Vegas. It did a heck of a lot because, sure enough, not even a minute after, you know. Not even well, I take that. Not even two minutes after the fight between Couture and Marcheseau, Ryan Reeves. Ryan Reeves gets his first of the season. He gives Vegas the lead. They eventually wouldn't look back. You know, Alec Martinez would get another power play goal. You know, with about five minutes to go, after Kevin LePink takes a stupid tripping call. I mean. These are the little mental mistakes that you can't do. These are the little mistakes you can't do that will burn you in the end. Yeah, that LeBanc penalty 
was probably the most frustrating thing, frustrating thing for me in that third period because of the fact that it just it's a lazy, stupid play. I don't understand. You, I think the guys who were doing the broadcast got it perfectly. Like, you missed, you're down. There's no point to then swing your stick at that point in the game. In that situation, at someone's ankles, knees, or whatever, it's just, like, bound to result in a penalty. And it's just one of those moments that LeBanc seems to have every once in a while where it's, like, laziness. I don't know what it is in his mind that takes over, but he ends up taking a stupid penalty or making a stupid mistake. And it's just one of those frustrating moments as a fan watching that play. I'm not going to necessarily label LeBanc for the whole season because he's actually had some really big improvements, I'd say, at least on the defensive side and also on the like the full ice um, effort. But that moment was just bad. Yeah. And, and you can't have that. You can't have it. You can't have the puck over glass, which he had tonight. You can't have the hella dudes on the frozen pond. You can't have that. You can't take the hooking calls. You can't take the tripping calls because you know what happens? And we've seen it in the four years that Vegas has been in the league. They will make you pay. And, yep. and as much as we will forever remember that five-minute power play, that's only happened one time where the Sharks just jumped on it and took advantage of it. you got to pay better than that. You gotta play better than that, and you gotta pay better for a goaltender who saved your ass all year long in Devin Dubnik. Now that being said, a lot of chatter going on. We have Vegas fans in here. I want to say hello to VGK coverage. You've been with us for a very long time. Please be civil, and I'm also gonna to say to everybody, please take it easy. I know this rivalry is very heated. Let's take it easy in the chat. That being said, we have super chat donations. And the first one is from VGK coverage saying Ryan Reeves loves you all. Okay, well, that that's very nice. Uh, but Sonic Tonic, of course, says bleep Ryan Reeves. You know, the thing is, you know, so there you go. Uh, I want to make sure, you know. Make sure that gets it. Kevin saying in the chat, winning the game gets us through the till the next loss. So what? Would you rather see players sticking up for each other and stopping pushovers? Uh, I personally actually am a fan of players sticking up for one another. Um, I, In a normal season where I thought the Sharks were a competitor for a Stanley Cup, maybe I'd have a different opinion. But with this team, I am a big fan of guys stepping up and defending one another because I feel like for the last few seasons the Sharks have been kind of getting bullied on the ice and it's just not fun to watch especially when your team is losing like it almost looks sad it's one thing to be um beaten and then to at least physically punish that team in the same game but the Sharks don't have that type of team we we are a skilled team even though we're not as skilled as these other teams and it just looks bad when you see a team not only hammering on us but also beating us sometimes handily in the scoreboard. So I actually support Gabriel being in the lineup. I like what he brings to the team. He's in a fourth line role and he's not really taking anyone that skilled, I think out of the lineup. And I actually support um, guys stepping up and defending teammates. I'm not supporting staged fighting, but I support a guy stepping up and defending his teammate and playing a physical game. Yeah. No, and you can play a physical game. And you probably need to do that a little bit, you know, 
And Kevin's agreeing with you, right? Exactly, Mark. If the Sharks are contenders, I wouldn't want them fighting. They need to win. They don't need to win right now. Exactly. You know, and you know that's that's the thing is that this team isn't ready to win. They have pieces that can be dangerous. They aren't dangerous right now. They they aren't. Uh, Going up against Vegas, I think it showed where they're at uh, in the division. Um, <clears throat> and, uh, you know, you got to be concerned about Timo Meyer, who went under concussion protocol. Um, I didn't see what happened with him. Uh, do you know uh, offhand, or you, can you share with me? Because I did not see it. Uh, I know that's the hit that led to the fight, but I actually missed the hit as well. I just know um, the team was not happy about it, and I think it caught him up high. So, yeah, we'll have to check the replay out on that one. Yeah, I'm looking at here that it catches him high. Um, and if I'm looking at the right one, you know, that's that's the thing. Um I believe he was briefly after the hit, but I don't know if he then went to the locker room after that. But, um, yeah, I thought he was still out there um, briefly after the hit. Yeah. Uh, and then he went under concussion protocol uh, after that. Now, uh, that being said, we are starting to get some of the uh, some of the comments out of the locker room uh, from Mario Ferraro. Uh, collectively, we all have to be better in the third. We have to do a better job in holding a lead. It sucks. It stings. Um, there's always positives to take away from any game. There were mistakes that were made that we can learn from. Uh, what did you take from from uh, Ferraro tonight? He gets his first goal. But, of course, that third period, I think that's on everyone at this point. Yeah. Um, I mean, trying to put my UMass bias away, I still th- Oh, it's fine. Go, go ahead. We won't tell. I think he's been one of the bright spots of this Sharks team this year. He was a bright spot last year. And I think, I mean, the guy is just future, maybe not captain, but I mean, captain material. And he had a great game tonight until the third period. There was some um, defensive breakdowns, but not just on him across the whole team. Right. Um, But I mean, for his comment, like, it's just kind of more of the same stuff we're hearing. You know, it's this period was a breakdown. That period is a breakdown. First, the beginning of the season was the second period. Now tonight it's the third period. And it's like, I think it's just a sign of what happens with teams that aren't good enough. They look good for a period here. Then they don't look good for a period there. And the Sharks do have some top-level talent, but they don't have the top-level talent to match up with a team like Vegas right now. So you're going to see a period where the team just falls apart like this. And when emotions factor in, like, usually happens with Sharks in Vegas, the team that's better a lot of times takes advantage of that. Yep. And, and the depth. I mean, Vegas is a, was fortunate to get uh, the rules in, in their favor to take care of their depth. Uh, they're, they're a damn good team. You know, hats off to Vegas. I mean, as much as it, it hurts, but it's tough to see. Um, getting, again, we're getting some comments from the locker room now. Timo got called off the bench for concussion protocol. No couture or hurdle. A horrible too many men call. Uh, we gave them momentum, and it doesn't take them much. And, Mark, that's that's what good teams have. 
Yeah. You know, uh, they they create their own breaks. You can I I I hate to, I hate using they create their own luck, but you know it's it's rough. And, and of course now we're starting to get the lottery pick comments and and maybe we'll have fun with with the tankathon a little bit later. But uh, as we get more more. Uh, Worst uh, comments coming in. We played hard. We stuck up for each other. The unfortunate part was losing three good players at the same time. Um, I mean, the, the depth kind of gets exposed uh, in the third period. Yeah, and like the coach said there, when you it was pretty much just bad timing with Hurdle, Couture, and Meyer all either being in the box or out because... Like we said earlier, the team doesn't have the depth to support when those guys are not around. So it it just was a bad recipe, perfect storm at the wrong time, and that's just what happens. The Vegas took advantage of it. And and Mario getting some love from from Bob Ugner saying Mario was a warrior tonight. It's unfortunate for the one he kicked in, but Mario played his heart out. Um, and that's the one thing, you know, uh, with with Ferraro is that he's been he he's had some rough rough ones uh, going off of him this season it seems like uh, but at least to see that he gets one that actually counts for the Sharks this time yeah he gets some bad bounces and I think the team as a whole does I mean I would love to see a stat as to how many bounce bounces went off of a guy in front of the net or just went behind. Um, and bounced the wrong way to a guy just waiting there. I feel like the Sharks, not that this is an excuse, because usually good teams earn their bounces, but the amount of weird goals I see happen against the Sharks, it's pretty hilarious, and <laughs> Ferraro has not been um, a benefactor of this. Yeah, and, and like I said, I have such high praise for Mario Ferraro. Um, you know, I think he's going to be one guy... Uh, that will stick for quite a while in San Jose, unless Doug Wilson finds some unbelievable way to get <laughs> to get something else for it. You know, uh, Hurdle coming out was like, I like our last five games of hockey. Play like one team. We play together. We'll win. These are the tough losses because we played good hockey. And in the in this two game series, they played good hockey. I mean, they were in it against Vegas. Uh, after Mark Stone gets that goal in the third period on Monday, and then this third period, you know, completely just falls apart there. Uh, in in that case, um, and to you know, I I thought they were in good ways. And Bugner, you know, saying it, I take some great things out of both of these games. We're trending in the right direction, but this really stings right now. Um, I have to agree with that statement. You know, I mean, you, you've definitely seen an improvement over the for the overall team game in the last, I'd say, month. Mm -hmm. And like we've been saying, I don't know if the team is good enough to possibly turn that into a lot better results, like stringing together four or five wins in a row. But you definitely have to be happier with how the Sharks are playing now versus some of that disastrous play we saw early in, earlier in the season. Putting away, putting aside this third period. But I think as a whole, you're definitely seeing a better team game than you were earlier on. Yeah. Uh, 
<laughs> and and Ruben, 21 pucks. Good to see you, bud. Uh, yeah, MF38. I don't think that's probably a good nickname for him. Uh, <laughs> you know, better be a career shark. Grabbing retro jersey with his number on it tomorrow. Yeah, no, I... Mario, I think, has been a v- very popular uh, fan favorite so far. Of course, it helps with his YouTube uh, following. Oh, and I think somebody actually has the matching jersey. There you go. You got that from uh, 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 Cool Hockey, was it? Yeah, yeah, that was uh, back right when the season started. So you and Ruben will will uh, will be twinsies for sure. Uh, kind of going through some more of the comments because you know after everything that's happened tonight i think you 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 want to voice your thoughts alex beltran ek65 looked good tonight with the exception of his brutal turnover in the defensive zone in the third <sighs> uh, that that won't come up uh, him and kanijov were were minus two take that what you will um like a tiger team game has improved but it isn't because of gabriel although he might have inspired the team to stick up for each other um chris jws the sharks overall game has improved but they need to stop attributing it to the fighting slash bullshit and more to basic execution i mean you can go you can i think you can have a little bit of both ways as long as you don't go overboard with the physicality too much wouldn't you say yeah, and I agree. I don't think the team is in any way better because of fighting or necessarily Gabriel being in the lineup. I think it's all kind of a cycle or like, um, what's the word? It feeds down to the, the play of the team when you feel more like a team, more like a unit. And I think just going back to that Shimek hit, when he took that cross check from Marsh, so like how long ago was that now, a month ago? Yeah. I think it was just... When a team doesn't defend their players, to me, that just means that they're not in it together. Like, I'm not expecting you to be a tough guy, but when you see a player take a dirty hit from someone, um, especially against your big rival, and it's not a big tough guy, it was Marsha so, like, you go after that person. Like, you just can't accept that. And to me, it showed something about the team that day and in that game. And it's something we had seen for a while where players, I don't think they were willing to stick their neck out for each other. And I think... At least some of that has changed, which then feeds into more of a team energy. Players kind of like thinking they'll die for one another. And that sometimes will spiral out and impact play. Um, but I'm not going to say in any way that Gabriel's out there like changing a game or that the physical play is necessarily making this a better team. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it can be better. It can be improved. Uh, it can, I mean, yes, hashtag teal together, of course. Uh, but you know, you gotta find your, you gotta find your spots. Um, you know, what else are you going to do? You need to get your goal scoring. You got some of it tonight. You, you had, you know, Nieto, I mean, LeBanc, while he took some rough penalties in nearly a little bit over 19 minutes on the night, you know, he did get a goal on there evander kane had a three-point night um which goes to show you know there that you know that yeah having others do the 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 i guess the roughing mentality or fighting mentality is like chris has just put in the chat um 
you know, now that it's distracted, you know, him away from all the fighting stuff, now he can concentrate on scoring, which is what the Sharks have him here for. And it paid huge dividends. Three-point night for him. Uh, pulled the Sharks within one late in that game on the on the power play on that last penalty that uh, Vegas receipt, or took. So, again, definitely some... Um, Definitely some some positives to take. Vander Kane, twenty four minutes though. I've never. <laughs> I don't Ruffle. think. I, I mean, he 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 almost beat Brent Burns on time on ice leader for the Sharks, and and you know, rare do you see a forward do that. But you know, maybe Vander, if you're if you're hot, you're you're hot. You just keep going with it, and you know, with everything going on off ice, uh, good on you, man. Keep keep doing it, man. You know, stay strong. Yeah, I think Kane doesn't get enough appreciation for what he's been doing this year on this team. You know, I know a lot of the focus has been on that off the off ice um, stuff that you mentioned, and I feel like that's kind of always been the case with Kane. It just kind of trails him. But on this team, you know, there's always these talks about his contract long term and how it's going to hold the Sharks back. He has definitely put those conversations to bed for at least this season. He is absolutely, I'd say, probably been our best player. He's been lights out, especially for the last month. Yeah. So we want to welcome those of you who finished watching Brody and Curtis to over here on Teal Town After Dark. Uh, join on in. We have a super chat going on. We appreciate it, each and every one of you. Um, Super chat donations are welcome. Of course, um, if you want your favorite segment, you can Venmo us at Teal Town USA. Um, because uh, I know deep down inside you all like your favorite segment, uh, and uh, you know we'll even we'll we'll even uh, get you a Barracuda update, <clears throat> Kevin, if need be, because we we like some optimism in some sort of way. Would be nice. Uh, but now you go to you come back home for a big four game homestand against a team that you've played fairly well against with St. Louis. Uh, and honestly, and I, and I hate to say that P word, but you know, if there's any chance at playoffs, uh, you 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 need to get you you need to get uh, a couple wins against the Blues. And those lovely reverse retros that uh, somebody was rocking earlier. <laughs> yeah, it's another uh, one of the most hated teams, at least for Sharks fans over the last few years. But right. um, yeah, it's just continuing the tough stretch of games. But they are the team in the final playoff spot right now in the division. So, I mean, if you can pick up some points against them, that's always a positive. But um, yeah. I'm on the fence still as to whether I think the Sharks should be doing that or not, but it should be another spirited series. It's it's tough to to try and figure out. Do you, I mean, you're not going to have fans in the stands. I mean, I I highly doubt it. I know we're making good turns on to having it be that way, but um, you know. But do you go for the tank? Do you go for that? It's kind of like you're there. And I think I saw in the chat earlier, this team isn't bad. This team isn't good. They're just there, you know? Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, that's some of the problem. You know, it, I don't know if, <laughs> well, we've seen that we're not bad enough to probably finish in that worst spot or second to the worst spot in the league because you have Anaheim, you got Detroit, you got Buffalo. Those are some disastrous teams. But oh, Buffalo. Yeah, right. And then you have us. We're kind of in that no man's land. We have some really good players, some players who are on the way up. I, I've said it this whole season that I think this is a year where you have to, as a fan, be realistic and kind of look for that top draft pick. I mean, whether it comes via winning the lottery um, or just finishing in a worse position, but this is a transition year and there's no better year for it to happen with no fans in the stands. I mean, and a shortened season, so you don't have to sit through an 82 game painful season. Um, the only other issue though, is this year's draft isn't supposed to be one of the stronger drafts. So you kind of got that. And plus with the scouting, and the league's not playing as many games as they normally do. Some leagues haven't even played a game. Um, it's going to be tough for team scouting scouting groups to really gauge who the top prospects are. And there is no consensus number one this year. So it's kind of a tough position, but I do think a top pick is the should be the target for the Sharks right now. Yeah. In the after selecting all forwards in in uh, the twenty twenty draft. Uh, where do you go? Uh, I mean, do you do you try to find defense? Do you try to find goaltending? I mean, they, they are high on on. Uh, oh my gosh, why passing the chuck? Um, you know, this, this I know there's a Swedish goalie that's supposed to go in the top um, half of the first round, but I'm always skeptical about choosing goalies in the draft. So not. Uh, that wouldn't be my pick. There are some, this is supposed to be a more depthful draft for defensemen, which, you know, could benefit the Sharks, even though we have some prospect depth there. Right. Uh, but, I mean, it's still pretty early. You know, some of the seasons are just starting. I know the WHL just kicked off a few weeks, I think two weeks ago. Um, the OHL hasn't played. Um, so there's still going to be a lot of changes, I think, with these next few months as to who really is the top prospect or so. And and there's a lot of prospects coming up, you know. I, I I know a lot of fans, and I think especially on our Discord are really excited for uh, uh, Thomas Bordalo uh, out of uh, University of Michigan. I know uh, Ozzy Weisblatt, as you said, the WHL just started uh, in the uh, with the uh, with the, oh gosh, why can't I think of the team? Prince Albert. Uh, mm-hmm. In the WHL, he he was off to a good start. Uh, even Jasper Weatherby uh, from North Dakota, who's been around the college game for a bit, you know, has shown has shown some promise. Uh, you know, so we'll, we'll, speaking of prospects, and, and of course, when we do this live, it kind of changes things up. But you know, I'm going to bring in Kevin Lacey here as. Uh, He'll give us a brief recap on the night that was for the San Jose Barracuda, who essentially, finally, uh, got to play a home game, (laughs) Uh, a a true home game. And uh, I know Kevin messaged me uh, beforehand uh, during, I think it was like the first Barracuda goal, uh, and... uh, and uh, Kevin, are you with us? Maybe, maybe not. Bueller, Bueller. There we go. Kevin, are you with us, bud? 
Uh, hang on a sec here. All right, you get to that. I think Jessica did a donation uh, for the wraparound, so we'll get into that while Kevin gets set up here. Uh, and and Mark, since you're on the East Coast, you can can kind of help us out with the East really quick, uh, and maybe even the North for that matter, as the Canucks won in the shootout 3-2 over Ottawa. Uh, Thatcher Demko with the victory there for uh, the Canucks. But um, how about those Rangers, Mark? Holy crap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I live now a block from the stadium, and the fans are pretty happy coming out of uh, MSG tonight. But, yeah, what's his name? Uh, Mika Zibinijad. What a night for him. He had scored, I think, three goals all season, and then he scored three goals tonight in, what was it, 10 minutes, 15 minutes of play. So uh, maybe he's getting some of that game back from last season because last season he was lethal with the puck. But um, Rangers, yeah, that was an absolute smashing of the Flyers tonight. And the thing of it with the Rangers game was that the coaching staff got pulled for coronavirus protocol and thus uh, the Hartford coaching staff plus GM Chris Drury ended up being the coaches. So if you're a Rangers player and you want to impress your GM, who's right there <laughs> on the bench, that's what you got to do. Right. Nine, nothing. Nine, nothing. As I try to get all the uh, names on here, because I was not expecting to have Kevin Lacey on. Kevin? Neither was I. I messaged you guys in the chat saying, you need to talk for another 20 minutes, because I'm about to go for my first Peloton ride <laughs> now that it finally arrived. <laughs> and I got, I don't know. Yes. 40 seconds into my ride, and then I hear, if you want to talk about the Barracuda, Kevin, dot, dot, dot. And I'm like, ah, oh. all right, let me turn on Skype. So here I am, guys. I've yeah. gone one and a half miles so far, and my average speed's about 15 miles an hour. Yeah. I'm taking it light. So, all right. So far, so good. So far, so good. See, we are a multi purpose program here, folks. I'll, that's all I'm going to say. Oh boy, this is gonna be fun. Either Let that, me... or I'm just I, I'm just really staggering because it's St. Patrick's Day and I've had a couple of Guinnesses, one or the other. But hey, oh, it looks like I'm sort of getting into frame here. There you go. Maybe lean hey. over to the left a little bit. There you go. Lean to the left. <laughs> That's not what the Peloton told me to do. It says be center at all times. Oh, but, well. okay. <laughs> all right, so uh, let's talk about the San Jose Barracuda, which means one thing, one thing only. We have the cool intro. Barracuda. So the San Jose Barracuda took on the Bakersfield Condors tonight. It's their, what would you say, their third home opener uh, of the season, Kevin? Well, they got their they got their first game at SAP Center on uh, what's today Wednesday. So last night. Um, That's right. They played last night against Bakersfield. They have played twice as many games at Solar for America as they have at SAP Center. So it is a homecoming of sorts. And nice to get a a win on home ice in front of all those people. (laughs) I kind of liked the audio that uh, was playing. It's hard to podcast and cycle at the same time, I must admit. It's a little... uh, I think doing the podcast is more winding, to be honest. Anyway... uh, I, I liked the sound effects they had of the crowd. Like, oh, it felt like walking by a hockey arcade game that just plays sound effects while you're while you're playing at the pizza parlor or something. But 
Yeah, that a- AHL TV is something else. I'll tell you what. But let's actually talk about the game, guys. Um, Barracuda won four to three. They really in the third period, this whole series has been about momentum. And the Barracuda got a three-goal lead in the third period. Bakersfield, right after Joachim Blickfeld scored to make it four to one. Bakersfield scored twice back-to-back in 28 seconds to make it 4-3. to three. But Yosef Kornash was the man. He's been fantastic these last couple of days, the last couple of games. And I think it, it looks like he learned something from his last taxi squad call-up because his rebound control is better. He's not overplaying pucks. He looks like the, the goalie that the Sharks and Barracuda had the first half of his rookie year when he was an AHL All-Star. So... Uh, Cornash has really come on strong. Uh, it was the final. Sorry, I, I really am getting winded talking <laughs> and cycling at the same time. We'll let um, you go after this. Oh, boy. <laughs> but, uh, but, but this was the fourth straight game against Bakersfield. And Bakersfield was coming into the series on a six-game winning streak. The Barracuda hung in there. The first game was lousy. The next two games were okay, but... Again, losses, hard luck loss in the third game uh, last night because the Barracuda uh, gave up a goal in the final minute and then lost it overtime. So that, that, was, that, was, that was a tough one, but the Barracuda were able to overcome Bakersfield. Nine-game winning streak is over. And, of course, the Condors got quite sour about that at the end of the game. But nevertheless, San Jose, four, Bakersfield, three. On to Henderson for the first two official games ever against the Silver Knights. And then, of course, after those two games, two more against Bakersfield because apparently we're not done with them. So <laughs> it's, a, it's, it's the crazy COVID schedule that we live in. Kevin, we'll let you get back to your workout. Uh, thank you very much for doing this. Uh, and Take care and... Um, and make sure you get some water, you know, or some Gatorade so you don't dehydrate, all right? Yeah, for sure. I got I got two and a half miles done now, so I got a mile on the air with you guys. So, uh, yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, I'm sorry this looks very weird on, on the YouTube if you guys are watching it, but uh hope you got a kick out of it anyway. A, a, a new kick to the show. Uh, Mark, we'll have to get our own Pelotons and, and kind of just go, <laughs> you know, back and forth and... Uh, Come on, Peloton. Welcome to Peloton After Dark. All right. So. Actually, public service announcement real quick. Oh, boy. I'm uh, I'm glad that this came right now because Silver Creek Sportsplex is starting to open up with some activities again here soon. So uh, no public skates or scrimmages or anything like that. But it looks like practices are going to be opening up. Uh, I think they actually already have as of this week. So we're going to try and get some rink time in and... Uh, and see what we can do. So awesome. Yeah. Well, all the best to you, Kevin. Take care. Thanks. Get get up that uphill now. All right. Come on. Let's go. Oh, okay. Here we go. Ugh. Okay. Wait. No, no, no. That's way too much. All right. All right. Let's get out of here. <laughs> Thank you, Kevin. Uh did you do you get that on your regular podcast? I don't think so. All right. So moving on, yes. Uh to the wraparound Jets for Canadians three in overtime. Nikolai Ehlers with the game-winning goal. Uh, Kyle Connor with two goals in this one. Uh, and then, of course, the Kings uh, beat the Blues four to one in 
LA. So that will do it. Oh, boy. So, standings-wise, Mark, um, and, and this is where it gets tough. So, Sharks are at 25 points. They're in seventh place right now. Uh, fourth place is St. Louis at 33. So, these two these two games, again, these two games are um, very critical to the Sharks uh, going forward. Yeah, it's a critical opportunity to try and um, gather points on that final playoff spot. We uh, also have a couple games at hand with St. Louis, so let's just say we do win both these games. That puts us at 29, they have 33, and then we'll still have two games on hand with them. So if you're into the playoff push, this is definitely an opportunity here to get some of those points back. Yeah, and very crucial to have them lose in regulation as opposed to shootout which seemed like it was very in vogue for the sharks to do early on this season uh you know you have la at 30 arizona at 28 that are kind of in between or kind of sandwiched between san jose and st louis so a big big one uh coming on this weekend and going forward following up i think la comes to town for the first time this season uh next monday and wednesday so uh We'll do that, but it is what it is, and the Sharks had a chance to uh, get uh, to uh, get get some points out of this one, but they turn up short. Uh, and Vegas wins five to four. Uh, I'm not even gonna look at that. But in case you missed anything, where do you want to watch this again? Check us out on TealTownUSA.com or your favorite podcatcher whether it's Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, please hit that subscribe button. Please, please hit that subscribe button. Uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, and of course, always available at tealtownusa.com. So with that, we'll bring to a close of this edition. Mark, thank you. I know this was last minute for you to jump on in. I appreciate you immensely. Uh, and I, I'm sure you could still hear them celebrating because of Benajaz. I think it was a six-point night. Uh, so I hope you had fun with hearing the cars in that one while basking in the nightmare that was the Sharks falling apart in the third period. But you're fine. I'm sorry? Great. It was a great night until that third period. Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. Mark, your final thoughts on where the people can find you. Um, people can find me on Twitter, Mark E. Mark SJS. Final thoughts. Um, I'm still just enjoying watching hockey. You know, yes. they're the worst thing in the world. And I'm trying to keep a positive outlook for this season. You know, it's not, it's not ideal, but I'm just trying to enjoy watching some hockey and hoping for the best. That's all we can do, right? Um, you know, we, we kind of expected the, the season to be rough. Maybe they sneak in um but you know who knows how things will turn about uh, and that's the fun part about watching the sport that we love uh i'm at puck guy 14 on the twitter and the instagram uh you know honestly i tweeted out earlier i should have stayed in the mri machine for my back i think they did the sharks did their best play of hockey in there uh as much as it was freaking me out but <laughs> 
Oh, boy. You know, we'll be back with you on Friday night following Sharks and Blues. They'll be back in their reverse retro jerseys. Uh, that game, remember, folks, uh, it is a 6 p.m. start uh, out here on the West Coast. Uh, 9 o'clock for Mark, which means he might actually fall asleep at a decent time while watching his Sharks. You know, uh, so we'll be back. Am I good, David H.? Uh I'm hoping we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. If not, I'll definitely be on here a lot more often. That's for sure. Uh, but, gang, I know it's tough. It's never been easy. You, for a long time, Sharks fans, it's always been tough to get through some of these losses. You just got to hang in there. So, for Mark and for everybody here, thank you very much for watching. We'll be back with you Friday, and until next time, keep it real, keep it teal, keep it real teal. The Chompersation continues now on Discord, and we'll see you over there, and we'll see you after the game on Friday. Have a great night, everyone. Take care.